This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, welcome to episode 200. This is the uh, bonus episode. And I am joined by Pastor D. And I call him Pastor D because he's been kind enough to contribute on a weekly basis. Uh, our Monday Motivational Minute. I have known this. Uh, I'll say young man. There you go. <laughs> I, have known, I have known Pastor D. Uh, since my time at Troy State University, we both attended there and, and he's gone on to just do some amazing things. He's at Powerful Truth Sanctuary. He's a pastor, longtime educator, administrator, community leader, father, husband. And I'm going to make sure I have his bio on the show notes if you want to learn more about uh, Pastor Derek Lockwood. But um, thank you so much for joining us. You've got an event coming up and we'll get into that. But, you know, you can't come on without me asking you some stuff. All right. All right. <laughs> Every All right. opportunity. It wouldn't be talk Tommy about... D without it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a you got a big event coming up on November 16th. Um, and I want to, you know, talk about that as well as the organization, because for those of you who may be tuning in after the event, you can still learn a lot about this uh, organization. It's a great organization that he's a part of. Uh, but. The first thing I want to ask you about when we spoke and you sent me the information, I said, I've got to ask Pastor D about fighting in schools. And the reason I'm asking you this is because I'm starting to see now fighting in schools is nothing new. It's absolutely nothing new. It goes back to when you and I were in school, our parents, you know, centuries. But the thing that's happening now is the posting of these fights on social media and also the news outlets are getting involved in terms of uh, pr not necessarily promoting it, but they're showing footage. You know, of course, they're blacking out the students faces or blurring the students faces. But, you know, it's almost like a mob coverage and it's it's sensationalism in my eyes. What are you what are your thoughts about what's going on uh, specifically? I'm not going to talk about the school on the south side because it's been in several locations. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I, I, I honestly, brother, think that you're right on it. The idea that this is sensationalism at its, at, at its worst. Um, we have taken um, the whole idea of this thing of real TV and all of this stuff that we have that is supposed to be real, which most of it is not. Uh, and now we've encapsulated it into education. Uh, education used to be a safe space. It used to be a place where someone can make mistakes and still grow. Uh, but now we're into um, the idea that everything's live and it's real. And um, this whole lack of respect, that's the thing that bothers me more than anything else. We have a culture and a generation that's totally lost or haven't been taught what life really is all about, or more importantly, the value of life. And so we see what we see in, in schools because kids, uh, and even to a certain degree, administrators and parents especially have forgotten the simple fact that the Bible says, come, let us reason together. Let us work things out. And instead of, uh, you know, we used to fight with our fists. Now people fight with guns and all kind of other things. So uh, we're, we're in trouble uh, in a lot of aspects because education has uh, learning has become second place. Uh, it is a social club. It is a place to be where you can be seen and heard and do Instagram posts and all kind of other things to see how many likes you have and your brain is being checked. And even when teachers are trying to push the envelope and challenge you, excuse me, <coughs> on educational principles, those things take a back seat. 
when it comes down to students who don't get what they want when they want it. And then you have parents who come behind them and support the culture. So specifically when you're talking about the filming and all the other media coverage, I think it's it's a microcosm or an outgrowth of what happens in society. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And what we see on a regular basis with so-called reality TV, that's what we're seeing in reality education, reality schools. We're seeing the, the worst instead of the best. Well, let me ask you, um, because I look at it from a standpoint. Let me let me step back as a podcaster. OK. And, you know, I see a lot of things because I spend a lot of time on social media because I'm constantly posting our content. One of the things I see from this generation, and I'm not trying to point a finger or 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 chastise the parents, but, you know, a lot of these parents, um, how can you say it? In in, in a lot of cases, you can't smoke weed all day on social media while your kids are at school. And, and, And I'm not blaming that specifically, but I'm saying some of the behavior. And then do you think, that the parents, whenever a kid is the catalyst for these fights or the, you know, in the school, do you think the parents should be held responsible? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not really joking about the fact that, you know, a lot of this has to do with maybe behavior being seen by the kids and the parents and how they spend their time on social media. But it kind of, in my opinion, from what I've seen on the news, it, it's starting to leak into this videotaping or the, you know, the phones, you know, but, but go ahead. I, I, I'll leave that to you. It, it's a combination. Tommy B. It's a combination. It's the weed smoking. It's the, it's the lack of respect for elders. It's the, it's the lack of respect for life. It's the ones who uh, have no generational uh, upbringing. So grandmama didn't teach them. So therefore they're void of teaching their children. Uh, it's a combination of so many different things. And there's so many layers to what we're talking about. But specifically in the household, the family structure, the unit in the family structure is so disintegrated right now that anything goes. You got kids who come in the house right before school time. I mean, you Hmm. got parents, you're talking about smoking weed, that they smoke weed with their kids. I mean, the drinking that's allowed, the promiscuity of all kinds of stuff. You know, we used to be concerned about kids wearing clothes and changing clothes and all that kind of stuff when they left the house. That's so out of that. That's so out of proportion now that what kids walk out of the house are with and mm. all of the things that add to this. And so this lack of respect. But I will I will tell you, brother, the one of the things that's so concerning to me is the lack of self-esteem and respect for yourself. Mm. And that does not come overnight. That does not come in, 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 in it, it doesn't operate in a vacuum. You have to have people teach one, each one reach one, teach one. And that is so lacking when you have these breaks in the family legacy that allows people to be void. I mean, we talk about people who are unchurched, but how about those who are un, if you will, experienced in the game of life in, in general? You know, how to hold a, a civil conversation when you disagree with someone. You know, it is really bad when you watch young ladies who spend mm. all that money on that hair. And when they get to fighting in school, they pulling all of it out. They're doing all kind of stuff to injure one another. And it's being filmed. 
No one's stepping in to stop the fight until it's basically concluded and everybody's done the damage and it really looks bad. So, you know, there's, a, like I said, a layered conversation when it comes down to these things, when it comes down to violence. You know, mm -hmm. we, look at, we look at mass shootings. Look how we've accepted guns in our society. Right, right. You know? Right. I mean, just just layers on top of layers of things that we can discuss and hopefully try to find solutions for, man. Well, let, let me. Do you think the parents should be cited? Oh yeah, oh, I totally agree. I'm a, I'm a former principal, educator, head of school. I think parents need to be held accountable. I think there will be a change in attitude when we we did it when the mayor clamped down and saying, "Look, your child is not going to be out in the summer past a certain time." Mm-hmm. And parents had to be checked on that so their kids weren't hanging out past what it was, 10, 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. You know, right. you have to give an account for your under 18 child. You know, I love that because it puts some accountability into place. But I definitely think parents need to be cited. There may be extenuating circumstances. You can handle those on case-by-case -case basis. But truth be told, yes, I, I, I firmly believe that parents need to be held accountable. They used to be held accountable. They used to be like, uh, ma'am, sir, your child is in trouble and they can't come back to school until you come up and show your face at school and give an account of a misbehavior. And, and one more thing on that. When I say cited, it's almost like what um, the speed cameras have done for the speed zones outside of the schools. Now, you've noticed a drop, a significant drop yes, since they, since they yes, started sir. the cameras. So I'm saying monetarily. Find oh, these I, parents. I totally agree with you. I'm talking about nothing gets nothing gets uh, the attention of to somebody is in their pocketbook or their yeah. wallet. So Got I it. totally hear you. Okay, Let, let's let's go all the way around the world for a minute. Um, you you taught history before, yes, sir. Um, and and in a lot of cases, uh, our community has hesitated to maybe weigh in. Some have, some haven't. But uh, Israel and Hamas, you know, most people don't want to touch it. Um, a lot of opinions are being muted, labeled. Uh, you know, you've taught history, you're a pastor. How do you approach this? Uh, I ask God for wisdom every day on this subject, man. I really do. Uh, uh, I will say for you, from a biblical and theological standpoint of view, it goes all the way back to um, Isaac and Ishmael. It goes all the way back to the conversation and the, and the, and the angst that happened in the Old Testament. Um, and so if you fast forward that all the way to Jews being persecuted and all the other things that have happened in 1969 war, you know, uh, I, I, I consider two uh, heroes of mine, Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin, because they tried to bring peace. It cost them their life, but it, they tried to bring peace. And so we arrive at the constant, if you will, bombardment of Israel down through the years. And, and then we look at the Palestinian uh, situation where Israel basically has its foot on the Palestinian people's neck, quite frankly, because they're so fearful of what has happened. I will unequivocally say to you that there are the Hamases of the world who are intent on destroying Israel. That is very real. And so Israel, I believe, like many, that Israel has a right to defend itself, just like I have a right to defend my home if someone's an intruder. But mm -hmm. I do not have a right to kill indiscriminately. I do not have a right to harm women and children without any consideration of what goes after that. 
I love what Jordan, uh, Queen Raina said. She said it basically this way, saying, saying being pro-Palestinian does not equal being anti-Semitic. That's such a powerful statement. Mm. But many of us don't want to wrestle with that. I do think at the end of the day that we're going to literally have to come back to a two-state conversation because we cannot go back to where it was. And if Israel thinks they're going to continue to occupy Palestine and Palestinian situations without any kind of retribution, they're fooling themselves. I think we have to wrestle with that conversation. But I think uh, President Obama said it best uh, in his, you know, and President Obama is so deft in some of these conversations. But I believe he said it best in one respect. He said, nobody's hands are clean. Nobody's hands are clean. When you look at this situation, even in America, as we talk so much about the Israelis and the Israel situation, what about the Palestinian folks who are suffering and suffering really bad? Most of them would not even align themselves with Hamas, if the truth be told, because Hamas has everything and they have nothing within the Palestinian um, you know, territories. And so, you know, and they have amassed millions and millions of dollars through outside support uh, and they keep it for themselves to, to fund their war effort and their terroristic acts. So it's a balancing act, man. And, but I do believe we're going to have to come to a real conversation about a two state, not a one state and one occupied. You uh, okay. have to have that kind of conversation if we're going to ever have a hope of real peace real peace uh you know let palestine come to the table let israel come to the table and and have the come to reason together about where we are and what we can do about it let me ask you and and, and there's no way to predict where this thing is headed but as someone who studies has studied history right and studied you know of course biblical history as well you know you, you've looked at it biblically as well um but also as a teacher and an educator are we in uncharted territory? Uh, I definitely think so. Yes, I, I, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, when we look at the rules of war, when we look at the, 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 the way of how we even take civility and how we have a conversation about what is fair and what is equitable, when you see hostages being taken and people being beheaded uh, on camera, when you see no conversation at all about what, amen, we can do to mitigate these situations. We're headed, in un and here's the scary thing about it, if others get involved. This is the one that really bothers me more than anything else. When countries <coughs> that have been tolerant, if you will, because they don't want to really mess with Israel militarily, they, you know, but the truth be told, when several of those countries get emboldened and emblazoned enough, to say, I'm going to involve myself and interject myself on, if you will, the east side or the west side, then we really got a problem on our hands. And there's only so much the United States and the coalitions can do to prevent certain things, whether it's terroristic acts or all other kind of things like that. So my prayer is that there comes a, a peace, a, a, a um, what we would call, if you will, uh, a, a ceasefire or at least a pause so that someone can come like the Geneva Convention and say, hey, we need to work on this and come to a place where we can reason together. We may not agree and everybody may not get everything they want, but at least we can cause no more harm when it comes down to certain things. 
Excellent information. Thank you so much for that. And, and I know it's a it's a balancing act. So yes, sir. yeah, I appreciate your, your feedback on that. Let's close it out, man. The the Institute of Responsible Citizenship event is happening November 16th, Bobby Jones Golf Course. Right. Uh, tell us about the organization and, and most importantly, how can people can they get involved in it on November 16th? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They can come and be a part of our uh, November the 16th opportunity at the uh, Bobby Jones Golf Course um, at the clubhouse. It's um, called the Institute of Responsible Citizenship, where we grab and we support uh, African-American young men in colleges and universities, some of the top young men. Uh, we've helped over 360 young men across the country mostly in dc we have five chapters and i'm so thankful i really am thankful that we have a chapter here now in atlanta where i co-lead um we produce uh six road scholars we produce mds and doctors and lawyers and teachers and, and so all of these young men are going against the stereotype that's what i love so much about it they are going against the stereotype. And I would encourage those, the Atlanta Collegiate Institute, learn more about us. Look us up on the Institute of Responsible Citizenship out of Washington, D.C., headed by the founder, Dr. William Keyes. And you are more than welcome to come join us, 530 uh, at, at the Bobby Jones Golf Course. Uh, you're going to meet some outstanding young men doing some great things. And one of the keys that we try to help them understand, they are responsible for the next generation. They mm. are responsible for when they get in corporate America, when they start their jobs, when they start their CEO companies, when they making all that money that they give back. And they give back not just financially, but they give back with their time, their talent, and their support. Excellent. That is November 16th, Bobby Jones Golf Course. And uh, what's the best website? I saw the institute.com uh, as as one of the uh, websites, what's the best website for people? That will to be go the to? one right now. We're working on the one for the Atlanta Collegiate Institute. We mm. just started last year, and we have gentlemen and scholars from Georgia Tech, Morehouse. We have those from um, uh, all of the normal uh, Oglethorpe University. Uh, you name it, uh, we got them there, and we're we're making it happen. We were just this weekend gathering at Porsche headquarters. Uh, and it was just a powerful experience for these young men to be in a corporate setting, understanding that this is where they're going to live most of their lives. And then yet they still have responsibility for these things. Excellent. The the, the event again is, um, what is the name of the event? But I, I definitely want people to know that it's, it's a, the it's, Institute. It's, it's, it's really a chance to get to know the Atlanta Collegiate Institute. We're having it to learn a little bit more about our opportunities of support and opportunities where you can get in plugged in. We're looking for speakers. We're looking for people to have uh, corporate opportunities where we can meet on Saturday, that people can come and talk to our young men and show them opportunities that they had not seen before. So it is a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to showcase. So it's just a, an opportunity for meet and greet, but also an opportunity for people to get a chance to support us and learn more about the, uh, our programs. Excellent. Y'all give it up for Pastor Derek Lockwood. Yes. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. <laughs> man, you're doing, you're doing major work, man. You do. I want to give you a footnote. I okay. Said, amen. Uh, the Monday broadcast podcast to South Africa. So you'll be uh, heard in South Africa uh, on a regular basis. Oh, so yeah. I am really happy. <laughs> and they look for, I actually forgot yesterday, and they sent me a WhatsApp. Like, look, man, where is my Monday motivation? <laughs> where is my Monday information? So I'm really happy that Pastor Lawrence 
in South Africa is listening, and we want to spread that to Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, uh, Nigeria, and some other places that we have a massive. Oh, man. Thank so you. That's good stuff. So, no, you're doing major work, brother. Hey, man, you're you know, doing it, major it, work, and you, don't, you didn't even know that. <laughs> it's like I say every week. Uh, it's like Ashford and Simpson. Don't cost you nothing. All right, now. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you sharing, man. Appreciate you sharing. Pastor Derek Lockwood, powerful truth sanctuary. He's pastor, longtime educator. Uh, administrator, community leader, father, husband, and a good friend, man. I really appreciate all that you do. Keep doing what you're doing. Amen. Uh, I will make sure all this information, uh, the website information is on uh, the notes of this podcast and, and just keep it up. And let's, you know, go again uh, every Monday, <laughs> the, 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 the Monday motivational minute with Pastor D, man. I just appreciate you contributing on that I level as well. I appreciate you, brother, for the opportunity, man. We hope we drop in something that people can learn and, and grab and say, hmm, you know, maybe I need to think about that. Oh, you convict me weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. I stand convicted. <laughs> well, you know, I'm convicted on Friday. So <laughs> Thank you so much, y'all. Go to castropolis.net. Uh, you can leave a message at the People Poll. Any notes, you, any uh, comments, any feedback, we just appreciate it. Again, this has been episode 200, the bonus ep episode with Pastor D. Pastor D, thank you so much, sir. Honored, brother. God bless you, man. Peace and blessings. You've been listening to This is the G Podcast. This is the G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.